Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refills. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, and radio network. What do we have in store for you on this edition of the program? Well, starting off with Keontae Johnson's call. Decided to enter the transfer portal. May play collegiate basketball somewhere else. After basically being out at Florida for almost two full seasons with his heart condition, Florida never cleared him to play. If he ends up going somewhere else and starting and succeeding, Florida still did the right thing. We're going to tell you why no matter what happens with Keontae Johnson going forward. After his heart problem, Florida was correct. Despite what happens. Regardless of what happens going forward. So we're going to look at that. Also, a couple other things. Drafts done. I don't do draft grades. Anybody that does draft grades, to me, I don't want to call it egotistical, but to go through and grade 32 teams in the NFL draft on what guidelines? Well, this will help them there. This will help them there. I don't know what's worse. Mock drafts or draft grades. We're going to look at that as well. Also, winning time worthiness. I love this show. I do. Jeff Perlman and company, everybody to put this together. How realistic is it? I don't know. Neither is one. Maybe not. Maybe not realistic at all. Once upon a time in Hollywood with Quentin Tarantino. There's a bunch of people. They rewrote history for that, didn't he? So everybody that's upset about this, I love it. I don't care if it's real or not. So I'm going to give you a little winning time worthiness. What team dynasty would make a great documentary? I say documentary, that's wrong. Docu-series, I don't even know if, if that's what you want to call this. There's a team that there, there's a team in about a seven or eight year stretch. This Lakers team, we're only, what, two years into this, a year into this, at least this stanza of the show. Uh, there's another team out there that would be brilliant with this. What franchise is it? Do you know? I'm going to tell you coming up. Okay. Again, Harp on Sports, at Harp on Sports Instagram, at Harp on Sports Twitter. Uh, you can also... Check us out, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, via the auditory route, Harp on Sports Facebook page, Harp on Sports YouTube channel, and of course, HarpOnSports.com. Going to start off with Keontae Johnson. Uh, I remember that game. I mean, it was, what, 19 months ago, roughly, in which he collapses on the court in Tallahassee. Big-time heart problems. Never gets cleared. Finally gets to come back. For senior night against Kentucky, kisses the court, does all that off into the sunset. Now, Keontae has some legal issues around him as well. For the purpose of this discussion, going to put this off to the side for a little while here as I go through and look at this. So, looking at this from a sheer basketball perspective, again, Florida and, and working at the University of Florida, there's a lot of things I look at and go, what on earth? What's the point of this? Oh, God, good gracious. This is just ridiculous. But there's things that they get right as well. Had some problems with the soccer coach. Have had some problems with women's basketball. Had tons of problems with football. Have problems with baseball. Softball really don't have any problems. Basketball, Mike White, good dude. Fans turned on him. Boosters, alumni turned on him a little bit. But throughout all this, the one thing that Florida got right after it happened was Keontae Johnson. They went through. They kept. He stayed around. He was able to be a part of the program. Coaching at least assisting other players, they allowed him to continue to be a part of this. They just weren't going to clear him to play. You have health wasn't going to clear him to play. That Hank Gathers cloud 
or a still floating around. Hank Gathers has a heart problem. What do they do? They continue to let him play. He has a heart attack and dies. Florida looking around going, no, we, we can't do it. We just can't. Well, that's ridiculous. Uh, look, I want to see him play. I want to see him succeed. I want to see him have a crack at this. I do. But if you're sitting around and you're a medical expert, and you're like, I just can't clear you for this. I can't. He hasn't been medically cleared. He hasn't. So now he's going to enter the transfer portal and needs to be medically cleared. Will somebody medically clear him? We'll see. You can find him a bunch of crackpot doctors now that... You, look, one thing I learned during the pandemic, there's a lot of crackpot doctors out there. There's people that have their degrees that are shoveling shit. And these people are intelligent, smart, got their doctorate's degree, but pander and cater to the worst of us. How many doctors you see on YouTube saying, well, you know what? Uh, my research on COVID. Remember those 12 witch doctors that were on the Capitol? A bunch of senators and congressmen, women standing with them. Bunch of witch doctors. The president gets COVID, doesn't go to them, goes to where? Bethesda goes to a real hospital. So one thing I've learned through all this is there's doctors that'll clear you for everything. Now, if a doctor would clear Keontae and he's one of these weirdo witch doctors, does that mean... The school green lights. And I don't know. I, again, this is one of these things that I don't know. But I'm okay with Keontae entering the transfer portal. And Gator fans, if he gets cleared somewhere and ends up playing, that's fine. There have been people, and you've seen this, I've seen this, that needed to get fired, that needed to not be promoted, that they weren't ready for it yet. Or they needed that to get their life back on track. You ever know anybody that's been married more than once? They needed the first one to fail to get the next one right. Those things happen. You ever have more than one job? One didn't work out. Another opportunity created itself. You've had multiple jobs. You had multiple girlfriends, multiple anything. One didn't work out anymore, so you needed to try something else. That's how I look at this. I want to see him do well, but I understand why Florida never cleared him. Risk reward. Well, he really wants to play. He'll sign a waiver. Say Keontae signed a waiver and had a heart attack and died on the basketball court. Nobody's going to remember that he signed a waiver. Sometimes somebody needs to be the adult and say, no, you just not. Look, we wish you nothing but the best, but it's not going to happen here. It's just not. We'll put our arm around you. We'll love you forever, but it's just, it's not going to happen here. We care about you too much to clear you. Now, are they saving their own you? What? Yeah, yeah, you bet. Are you saving yourself? Maybe a little bit. Err on the side of caution, but I'm not going to let you do this. Not worth the risk. It's not exactly the same, but the movie was out a little while ago and I was watching it, Boys in the Hood. Lawrence Fishburne's got the balls and he's wanting Cuba, Cuba Gooding Jr. to come back. He, no, son. No. He instilled those things. I'm like, well, look, we can't. No. I know you want revenge because your, your buddy died, but you can't. No. Written by the same dude, right? That, Boys in the Hood. You have Ice Cube also. Friday. Remember his dad? Like licking his face and pooping and doing all the spray. Fight with these. You live to fight another day. You win some, you lose some. That's how I look at it with Keontae. It's like, bud, I love you, man. But no, the answer is going to be no. So even, this is one of these things too. And this is where I cringe. Cause if let's say he goes, let's say he transfers somewhere. I pick any school, pick any school. Let's say he transfers and they let him play it. I don't Virginia tech. Just picking a random one. And he goes there and he has success. He averages 15 points a game and nine boards. And they go to the tournament. He hits a couple of big shots. Everybody's going to turn around and go, what, Florida, Florida screwed up. Look, should have let him play. No. I'll be the first one that stands up and says, no, they, they did the right thing. They did the right thing. They did the, look, what could be right for me may not be right for you. 
Go back and look at like tough decisions in football. The San Diego Chargers had to make a tough decision 17 years ago. 16 years ago. What do we do? Drew Brees, bad shoulder, Phillip Rivers. What do we do? They decided to go with Phillip Rivers. Drew Brees used that as motivation, went to New Orleans. There you go. Both had fantastic careers. Drew Brees a little bit better. Why? He played in one more Super Bowl than Phillip Rivers and won it. Put up monster numbers, had a great career. I understand why. I understand why the Chargers did that. Teams have to make decisions. Who's going to win the Tyree Kill trade? Who knows? I don't know what players are going to get in return. I understand why the Chiefs didn't pay him. Can't afford $400 million for a quarterback, $150 million for a receiver, another $100 million for offensive line. You've got to make some decisions every now and then. Those are just financial decisions. This is life or death. No problem with Florida saying, no, not going to do it. No. Keontae, this is the equivalent of wanting a second opinion. I'm going to get another opinion. No, go ahead. I don't take it personal. If you, if somebody else is going to clear you and they want, go ahead. We care about you too much to try it. And I hope you go there. I hope you go. They clear you and they let you score 30 points a game. And it, it, you become the Nate Smith player of the year. Hope it happens, but we can't let it happen here. So Florida, not at fault at all. A lot of things. <laughs> the university of Florida does. And I just sit here and say to myself, Oh my gosh, this isn't one of them. From that to this, speaking of the draft, other draft, other sport. Oh, by the way, Keontae, $5 million policy if he never plays basketball again. It's going to be interesting to see what happens because let's say he can play, but nobody will clear him and he has to go like to uh, a Sunbelt school or a Mac school to get clearance. Do you risk that $5 million policy to go play collegiately? I don't know. That'll be interesting. But I'll give him credit for trying. Draft. Oh, my gosh. I've been sitting here thinking about this for about three or four years now. And every year it gets worse for me. It does. To me, mock drafts are entering the Mount Rushmore of sports when it comes to things. I despise Mount Rushmore's of sports. I did one of these like when I was 22, 23 on the year because I thought it was innovative and cool. And now you continue to hear it. It's like, gosh, it's so lame. It's like grades. Grading the NFL draft. Grading teams. Colts. B+. Plus. Browns, C minus. How, how? How do you do it? Well, what criteria are you using? Needs? Wants? The Chiefs gave up two first round draft picks to move up and draft Patrick Mahomes and sat him for a year. Now it looks great. Nobody blinked an eye. Nobody blinked an eye when the Chargers drafted Ryan Leaf. Then a year later, what did we have? Tim Couch? Donovan McNabb, Achilles Smith, the fans that booed the most were Eagles fans. The Bengals thought they nailed it. Browns thought they nailed it. <laughs> the fact that Tom Brady went in the sixth round. Tom Brady went in the sixth round and we're still doing draft grades. Draft grades and mock drafts. And mock drafts, first round, sixth round mock. Oh, this is great. What percent of mock drafts get it right? Can you think of anything in sports that has a higher failure rate than mock drafts? Well, they're fun. Oh, okay, but they're worthless. They're worthless. I look at mock drafts like I look at everybody else's fantasy football team. I don't care. You're never even close. Never even close. And which is weird. And this is what's so, this is why draft grades, for lack of a better term, suck. Okay? 
because what happens is this mock drafts comes out and was like, oh, this is what they're going to do. They need to go receiver. They need to go de- defensive end. This is what they need to do. And then the team doesn't do it. It was like, oh, look, they don't know what they're doing. This, they, this guy was available. Under what criteria? And I understand, like, you know, Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay, Bucky Brooks said, look, I get it. I get it. Drafts a billion-dollar industry now. Combines, look, I get it. But after this weekend, I look around and say, <laughs> mock drafts. You know why? Because the reality of it's so much more entertaining. Imagine, imagine if the NFL draft ever went like any mock draft that you have seen. Boring. What do we have? Nine trades this year. You basically can never do a mock draft without making a trade. And if you make a trade in a mock draft, nobody. No, I didn't see the Lions moving up. I didn't see the Chiefs moving up. I, I maybe I saw the Chiefs moving up a little bit, but then what you get in return? I, the movement all over the board. Teams moving out of the first round, teams moving into the first round, teams moving up into the second, teams moving out of the second. We have nine draft day trades. We have a record number of receivers go. Nobody got any of those in the mocks. Mock drafts are worthless. Well, they keep me entertained. And oh, that's fine if they keep you entertained. You want to look at that stuff? Go for it. You like it? Go for it. I'm just telling you what, what I went through and looked. I went through and found a mock draft that got seven, not necessarily the team, but the right location. Because you can't even guess teams. The best mock draft I saw had seven of the correct slots or teams. So the Chiefs draft, Karlaftis, there's a mock draft that had him going to the Chiefs, but not at the pick that he went, the pick earlier, because they had him drafting him earlier because they moved up. See, so you count that. I guess you count it, even though it's the wrong pick, wrong number, right team. So I just look at him and like, oh, look at the latest, look at the latest mock, the latest mock, the latest mock, our latest mock. There's nothing more worthless than a mock draft. Maybe, maybe grades for teams. I, I still think it's funny that Seahawk Legion of Boom draft, Richard Sherman, third round or whatever it was, that <laughs> the camp chancellor, some of those, that mock draft got a C. The, the, the mock draft that landed three players in the Legion of Boom in Seattle got a C on ESPN. C, C. Legion of Boom, C. Mock draft. Mock draft, NFL grades. (laughs) To me, well, how else do you talk about? You talk about building blocks. Talk about plans like this. For years and years and years, the Lions seemed to be a team that didn't have a plan. Look like it now. They move up and they get a playmaker from Alabama wide receiver, don't they? They got torn ACL. He may not play for two months. So what? You look around and you see, oh my gosh, it went defensive line. They're building the trenches. At least they got a plan. We've got to get better, better up front. So they go out and get all SEC football players. Maybe the one of the top four or five defensive linemen in the SEC. They go out and get the best defensive linemen in all of college football. It's like, wow, at least it's, it's a plan. Now, it may not work. But remember, 30 years ago when the Colts drafted Steve Entman and Quentin Coriot, back-to-back picks, it's like, oh my God. They've got the best. Was Did he win the Lombardi Award? He did, didn't he? You get the best defensive lineman, best lineman in all of football, and Steve Edman, Quentin Coriat, the best linebacker. Then the butt kiss, and they're the two best players in all of college football. On the defensive side, and the Colts went one-two with them. Coriat lasted seven, eight years in the league. Edman didn't. It was still the right idea, just didn't work out. Sometimes you get Kevin Durant. Sometimes you get Greg Oden. Bust, all right. Giannis didn't go number one overall, did he? So, wow. Grades and mocks. Okay. Wrapping with this, speaking of basketball, nice little transition here. Winning time, no secret. I love it. Wish I had my Lakers shorts on. I love winning time. I think it's a great show. It's great storytelling. Well, it's not historically accurate. Okay, so neither's Rudy. 
Think, think about this. Everyone's upset about winning time. It's like, oh, it's not a very, very fair portrayal. Do you know the movie Rudy? His brother that's a dick to him the whole movie never existed. Made him up. Also, Rudy leaves off the three years that Rudy was in the Navy. He was a gold glove boxer. Golden gloves. Rudy was a fighter. He's a golden glove boxer. He's six foot. It wasn't. Come on. Remember the Titans linebacker that gets paralyzed after the year, not during the season after the year, there are liberties that take place. Sometimes they make villains in Rudy, Dan divine head football coach, the Jersey on the death scene. They made Dan divine, the villain, Dan divine loved Rudy, wanted him to play, played him. And those aren't the only two movies, miracle liberties took liberties. A bunch of movies out there that are based on historical, based on accuracy. Hoosiers, the movie Hoosiers. Who's the real underdog? It's a small school, small school. Do you know then how many desegregated schools there were in Indiana in the 40s and 50s? Not too many. Is it based loosely on a real story? Yeah, it is. But isn't the real underdog there the school African-Americans that don't get the crack. Think about where you are with a movie like Hoosiers on what's the Josh Lucas, Texas Western, UTEP, turn into UTEP one. Think about like within a five-year stretch, like the first all-African-American team that wins a national title. Wow, what an underdog story. In the same five-year stretch, the movie Hoosiers, the the real Hoosiers takes place. So you have a story of a bunch of white students that beat all-African-American team. Wow, what an underdog story. Collegially, Team of all African Americans starting beat white team. Oh, what an underdog story! Well, wait, wait a second here. Wait, wait a second. There's just some stories that are they, they fib. So that's how we're winning time. So what? So what if some of the stuff isn't true? Still a great story. And people get lost. Everybody, Jerry West, oh, Jerry West. The real dynamic of all of this is Doctor Jerry Bus, Magic Johnson, and Kareem. That's the that's the story. Adrian Brody is Pat Riley's a nice little kicker too. But it's not about Jerry West. It's about the Kareem Magic tandem, Jerry Buss. So I was thinking, Jeff Perlman, who I've interviewed, talked to Jeff numerous times on on my shows. I don't know if Jeff's planning to write another book, but or putting together a series. He obviously has great source material. So Jeff, HBO, I've got your next one. I've thought about this. It has to have some cachet. It has to have some distance between now and then. Because they're talking about 40 years ago with this series. 40 years ago. So you need a, a little bit of a gap. So the member berries and the nostalgic can kick in. Two years ago, The Last Dance, we were mesmerized by that over the course of a month, weren't we? The Last Dance mesmerized us for weeks. So I was thinking about that. The Last Dance, okay, that's the 90s in the Bulls. Okay, that would have been a, a fun one too, but they did the Lakers instead. I get it. I, I get it because based on Jeff Perlman's book, okay, what else could we do? Uh, boy, Brady and the Patriots, that's still too soon. Um, boy, the Steel Curtain was fun, but I don't know what type of drama there would be behind that one. Boy, you need a charismatic coach. You need an interesting owner. And you need drama. Got it. Got it. You can call it so many different things. I love the title winning time. I would just call this one. How about, how about, I think the next HBO series, Jeff Perlman company about the Cowboys. 
think about win- think about what winning make winning times work. You got a charismatic owner. You got coaching behind the scenes struggles. You got the team being put together. Although this team was actually pretty good when you know they started to get things going with Jack McKinney and company. Think about how great that would be. With <laughs> think about this. Jerry Jones buys the Cowboys. He fires Tom Landry. Hires Jimmy Johnson. Here we go. One fifteen. Drafting of Evan Smith, the Herschel Walker trade. Tell me an HBO series on the Dallas Cowboys. That five or six year run. You could have three seasons, four seasons. Season one could be just Jimmy Johnson leaving Miami and going to Dallas and drafting Troy Aikman and building that and firing Tom Landry and Jerry Bike. That'd be a great, great rundown. So the next big one that would work. And look, there's other, like, I think the Patriots could work too. And I've been sitting around, I thought about Jeter and the Yankees, but I think we need to go even back farther. Winning time HBO is fantastic storytelling. Love it. If and when they do another one, please make it on the Cowboys. You need charismatic owner, charismatic coach, volatility, stars. What'd they call that? The white, what'd they call it? The White House? What'd they, what'd they call that? Because uh, of all the cocaine with the Cowboys in the 90s. <laughs> Guy selling drugs, marijuana, cocaine. I love it. Please, Jeff. I don't know how I can help, but I'd love to help. I'd love to see winning time when it's done. Series in the Cowboys next. I think it'd be fantastic. So there you go. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio, network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports, Twitter at Harp on Sports, Instagram, Harp on Sports, the Facebook page, Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel. Uh, the podcast available for you, Buzzsprout, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. And of course, harponsports.com. Check it out. And remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends.